0: While You Were Folding, Season 2, Episode 3, When You Forgave But Can't Forget. Hi, I'm Catherine Boucher, and you're listening to While You Were Folding. This show is my weekly excuse to talk about my favorite things. Lately, that's faith, marriage, parenting, books homeschooling, life in the country, and the messy moments in between. I've been a wife to Philip for 13 years and a mother for 11. He's a pediatrician, I'm at home full-time, we have six kids on earth, one in heaven, and they teach us something new every day. I am not an expert, but it is my prayer that this show will be a conversation starter on the things that matter, as well as some things that are just fun, and that you will share what you heard while you are folding. Let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, teach me how to pray. Holy Spirit, please inspire this week's podcast episode. Give myself and all the listeners the grace that we need to be able to invite you in when we are struggling to forget after we have forgiven. Please allow this episode to be a source of encouragement for those who are listening. Forgiveness for all of us is the work of a lifetime, at least as long as we are this side of heaven. We ask that you help all of us to forgive readily and without reservation, and we ask for your help if we are struggling with forgiveness. And we pray all this through your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello. Um, Instead of doing a catch-up, just like last week, I'm going to just jump right in to this week's topic because it turns out I have, well, not a little, a little bit of a lot (laughs) to say on this topic. So the title of this episode is When You Forgave But Can't Forget. I shared a couple episodes ago that I got to go on a wonderful 24-hour retreat a couple weeks ago at the beginning of October. And while I was on that retreat, I had, I guess I would call it something like a spiritual breakthrough. And I have been trying to share about it with just about everyone that I run into. Um, No strangers. Well, I guess I did share about it with some strangers at a small parents' meeting, for second grade parents at our parish. But um, anyway, let me just take a couple steps back and set the scene for this retreat, because I want you to hear about what the environment was that I received this advice in. So it was the first night of the retreat, got out there on a Friday evening, and it was in Cozad, Nebraska. And I had never been there before. And I have to be I'm told, precise about where COSAD is. It is not Western Nebraska. It is Eastern Central Nebraska, okay? And those of you who are from the Eastern part of the state need to know that the geography of Western Nebraska or Eastern Central Nebraska is quite different than the flat plains that we have out here. There are the most beautiful buttes and rolling hills. And coming up to this campsite, I was joking around with my friend Brianna. It looked like we were climbing Mount Sinai <laughs> as we approached in our cars. It is just gorgeous in Kozad. So if you live in Kozad, say a little prayer of Thanksgiving for the beautiful scenery where you live. So we're at this Christian campsite and they have a main lodge and cabins and a small chapel. And the first evening that we were out there, the temperature was probably in the low 70s, upper 60s, and it was a little bit overcast. We had a holy hour and adoration after dinner, and we had two young, dynamic, charismatic priests that were helping us on the retreat that weekend. And both of the priests, um, led us in, in starting our holy hour and adoration, and then went outside to hear confessions. This is a very small chapel at the Christian campsite. And so we had kind of a project runway, Tim Gunn, make it work moment where the priests, um, they each had two chairs on either side of the chapel outdoors, And the women that wanted to have their confessions heard went outside while everyone continued praying inside for the holy hour. And everyone that was outside, the sun had gone down and it was starting to get dark and we were waiting under the stars. And like I said, it was kind of a cloudy evening, but then as we're waiting out there, a light breeze begins and it pushed the clouds away and slowly it revealed an ink black sky that was completely full of stars. And I could see the Big Dipper and the Milky Way, and it was just the most breathtaking scene. And the temperature, like I already said, it was like standing in a 72 degrees air-conditioned building with the most beautiful, gentle breeze happening, clear skies overhead. So I'm standing out there examining my conscience. Fortunately, it had only been a couple of weeks since I had had spiritual direction, so I didn't have too much new material to share. But the gift of just having that time to stand there and stare up at the sky that God has given us and to think about things, it gave me some time. I. Th- I think I've shared before on the podcast, I have, my spiritual director likes to remind me that confession is a sacrament of healing and that I should not be afraid to bring things to confession that need healing, but aren't necessarily sources of personal sin. So while I was on this retreat, I was trying to think not only of my personal sins, but also the things that I wanted to bring to Jesus in the sacrament to be healed. And I told the priest when it was my turn that I was struggling with a particular situation and that I felt that I had forgiven the person or the people that are involved but that I was struggling with the amount of time and the amount of energy that I was giving this situation, that it was starting to affect my day-to-day because I would find myself just distracted thinking about this particular situation. And the priest that was hearing my confession had such beautiful advice that I wanted to be sure and bring it on the podcast. And the other thing I wanted to say too is that retreat confessions are some of the best confessions because the people there are not in a hurry. We're all there on retreat to unburden ourselves and draw closer to God. And you receive some beautiful counsel because there's not the rush that you might feel if you were to go to like a Saturday afternoon confession before the Saturday vigil mass. So, um, It was just great to be not just outdoors under the stars, but to be in this atmosphere where you were there to receive some good, holy, beautiful spiritual counsel. So I laid it out for the priest, said I was struggling with um, just the amount of mental energy and attention that I was giving to this situation, even though I thought that I had forgiven the people. So I said, I don't know what the degree of sinfulness is that would be involved with this. I think I've forgiven the people, but it just seems like, I don't know, either maybe I didn't forgive or I'm struggling to let go of this thing. And the priest said to me, it doesn't sound like you haven't forgiven the person. And it doesn't mean that you didn't forgive correctly the first time. He says, what did our Lord tell us in the scriptures? He says, we aren't to forgive seven times, but 70 times, seven times. And he encouraged me, he said, think of it as our Lord presenting that person and that situation to you again, so that you can forgive them again, and again, and again. And you should entrust them to the Lord's mercy and say that you forgive them. And I just sat there just completely stunned by his words. It was so encouraging and so uplifting. And I love his advice for so many reasons. The first reason I love it is because it releases us from that scrupulosity or that idea that we're doing something wrong and then feeling guilty for doing something wrong, for spending mental energy on these situations or hurts that we might have from the past. And I love it too because it gives you something concrete that you can do with that memory, with that situation that caused a rupture. And you can release it from your unforgiveness and you can release yourself from the tether of unforgiveness. And it gives you something quick and easy to do when you have those intrusive thoughts so that you can get on with the duties that are in front of you, whether it's running an errand or doing the next task you have in your work day or doing the dishes or feeding a baby or making lunch, whatever. So I love it for those reasons. And I thought I'd share, since I've received that advice from that priest, I've been trying to apply that every day. And if I'm really honest, I have to admit there are so many times I've become so much more aware of the times where I just get completely distracted and sometimes completely derailed when my mind starts remembering something and then I go down a rabbit hole. Maybe you struggle with this too. Maybe a thought will come up, some memory of a past hurt. Maybe it wasn't even that long ago. And you start to remember the sequence of events, who said what, what was or wasn't done, what you felt in that moment, etc. And sometimes it's something really minor, like maybe someone cut me off in traffic, or maybe there was a sales associate who wasn't very helpful or friendly when I was shopping. Or maybe it's something bigger, like a childhood hurt that keeps resurfacing, or a sharp word from someone who's close to me. That really hurt my feelings. And so then you start to notice yourself going down the rabbit hole of remembering. So the second I realize, okay, I'm getting hooked in this moment. I try to remember the, I try to actually say the words forgive again, forgive again. And I repeat it. <laughs> if I'm by myself, I say it out loud because it's uh It's really humbling to just stop yourself in your tracks and say, forgive again. And I am super visual. So it's really helpful for me to actually pause and try to picture the scene in my head. So my favorite image, I like to picture Jesus standing behind the person or the people involved. And I like to picture Jesus standing with his hands on that person's shoulders. So he's standing behind him. He has his hands on their shoulders. And it reminds me, that image, that he loves that person or people just as much as he loves me. And he is presenting that person to me. He wants us to be reconciled. And I need to just pause for a second to acknowledge Not every situation that asks for forgiveness also demands reconciliation. Sometimes reconciliation is not possible. Sometimes there might be a situation of abuse or something like that where reconciliation is not what God is asking of us. So I want to make that important distinction. If you are struggling with Um, feeling like you're not moving on from a situation. It's not because you haven't forgiven this person, but it's difficult to live in a place where you're not able to reconcile with them, at least not this side of heaven, Um, but to hand that over to God and that that's okay. So if it is possible, he wants us to be reconciled to that person. And the other reason Jesus is presenting that person to me is because he not only wants that person to be free, with my forgiveness, but he also wants me to be free. He doesn't want me to be feeling the hurt and the brokenness that came from whatever happened in the situation. And if I really love this person, even if it's really difficult, I love to think about St. Thomas Aquinas' definition of love, that it's willing the good of the other. Willing the good of the other is what love is, according to St. Thomas Aquinas. So it's not always because I feel like it. It's because I know that I have to choose the good of the other person and the good is giving that person and the situation where the hurt happened to give it over to the love of Jesus's sacred heart. So going back to that image, I see Jesus standing behind the person that I'm forgiving. He has his hands on the person's shoulders. And as he's standing there, standing behind them with his hands on their shoulders, he waits for me because he's the perfect gentleman. He's not going to force anything. And when I'm ready, I say, I forgive you to the person or the people that Jesus is presenting to me. And then I picture Jesus smiling at me from behind the person that I just forgave And so assuming this is a situation where reconciliation is possible, the image moves on from there. But if it is one of those situations where reconciliation isn't possible and you're not able to have those face-to-face conversations with the other person, maybe it's because of abuse or maybe the person has died, or maybe it's because the other person, for whatever reason, isn't capable of responding without verbal abuse or not taking ownership for their actions. So if I'm in a situation where the forgiveness is going to be one-sided and I can't have that conversation with the person, then I extend the image. And after I forgive the person and Jesus smiles at me, I like to picture Jesus walking with that person and continuing the conversation with them. And if I'm not able to have the conversation that I want to have with that person, it is so comforting to be able to let go and to entrust that conversation to Jesus. And I ask Jesus to speak with that person on my behalf and to share the words that I wish I could with them, but I'm not able to for whatever reason. So I stop there and after practicing this for a couple of weeks now, I've realized that this advice has been so completely transformative in my life. It is helpful because it allows me to move on with my day because it gives me something to do with my thoughts that could otherwise derail me in my mind. And it helps me to redirect my thought to prayer instead of just Sitting, stewing, ruminating on whatever happened, building up hurt or resentment. And I just want to encourage all of you if you find yourself getting caught up in remembering past hurts, either recent or as far back as childhood, maybe they're really minor or even quite major, to consider taking up this practice. And Remember that it is Jesus presenting the person to you for forgiveness and that forgiveness is going to be the work of a lifetime for all of us. Most of us are going to have many opportunities throughout an average day to practice forgiveness. And most of us are going to have a lot of opportunities to ask for forgiveness from a lot of people. And it's made me think long and hard about any time that I pray that our father, that line that Jesus teaches us to forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, to realize what I'm asking there, that I'm asking God to forgive me the way that I forgive other people. And if I'm struggling with forgiveness, and I want to make sure and point out that that's not what was happening in this situation that It's not that I was struggling to forgive. It's that I was still giving a lot of mental energy over to the situation. And the priest was very clear in that that was not sinful, that that's an opportunity. So I want to reiterate that, that it's not sinful to give your mental energy. if It is if you stew in it and it takes over. okay? But that if you're thinking about something, that it's just another opportunity to forgive and then to let go and to move on. So Um, the next time you find yourself praying the Our Father and you come to that line, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, to ask God to help us to actually mean what we say and to make us quick to forgive and quick to ask for forgiveness as well. So I hope that that's helpful. I hope that if you are holding on to something or not that you're struggling with forgiveness, but just find yourself thinking about a past hurt a lot, that you're able to hand it over to Jesus. And maybe that image that I've been sitting with is helpful for you. But I'd love to know if you have anything to add to that. If you have uh, struggled with this in the past as well. Maybe you have something else that you like to do that you'd like to share. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic. Please email me at podcast at or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. All right, on to this week's show and tell, the part of the show where I share something that's bringing me joy, might be a book that I'm reading or a kid's picture book or something around the house. And this week, I want to gush about my slippers. (laughs) I love my slippers. So my love affair with my slippers goes back to probably 2016 or so. I bought my first pair, I think they're from Von Mar, the original ones, around 2016, and I wore those things every night and every morning, and I wore them out so much that I had to get another pair. I found them online in 2018. I bought them off of Amazon and I wore those suckers out again during the pandemic. So Philip, if you're listening, you know, my birthday is around the corner. (laughs) I found them on Amazon again, and I'm going to stick the link in the show notes, but first I'm going to give you my little infomercial and no, I don't get any sort of a kickback or anything from Amazon. Um, so these are Tempur-Pedic women's slippers and the style name is Lauren, And they are a moccasin style slipper. And I love that they are closed toe and they have a back. There are lots of slippers that are slip ons, but I need a back on my slippers because there's so much up and down movement in mom life that I need to be able to keep my footwear on my feet. (laughs) And if you're like me, have you noticed that your checklist of what requirements you have in footwear is getting longer and longer as you get older? Is it just me? Well, this one, it checks all the boxes. (laughs) So they're closed toe, they have a back, they're leather, and they have a tie across the front so you can adjust how tight they feel. And let me tell you, for a lady who is going through uh, childbearing years. That is essential (laughs) with the weight fluctuation. I love that they have a faux fur collar, so they keep my feet really warm in the winter. And I especially love wearing them during my morning prayer time and in the evenings because, I don't know about you, but I am not able to go without something on my feet around the house for very long because my back starts to really hurt. And I love these because they give me extra support. They have a memory, uh, I don't know, like memory foam footbed inside and they come in wide sizes as well. And I love that because my feet have definitely gotten wider with each pregnancy. And they have a rubber sole, so you're not slipping all over the place like you do with some slippers. And that is really important for a young mom holding babies, or you just want to get to your morning prayer time without spilling your coffee down the stairs. (laughs) And they come in four different colors. Mine are chocolate. They're like a dark brown but they also come in black, gray, and hash brown, which is a really light brown, what you'd think of for a traditional moccasin color. And if you're like me, like I said, in your list of requirements for your footwear is really long, consider these slippers, check them out. Like I said, I'll put the link in the show notes. But that's it. I love my slippers. Tempur-Pedic, what are they called? Tempur-Pedic women's slippers in style Lauren. That's it for this week. I would love to include your voice on the show. Maybe you have some thoughts to add to my discussion about forgiveness when you're struggling to forget. Do you have any tips or things that you like to do when you find yourself spending some mental energy on past hurts? I would love to hear all about it. And also, do you have a favorite slipper? Maybe you have found the magical slipper that even outdoes mine. Please share it. Maybe your feet get too hot for furry ones like mine. Let the listeners know your answers to these very important questions. If you have any thoughts on today's episode or a question that you'd like me to take up in a future episode, please get in touch. You can email me at podcast at Boucher.com or find me on Facebook or Instagram, or you can send me a voicemail on Voxer, the free walkie talkie app. Just search for Catherine Boucher. You know, as always, I love to have you share the podcast by word of mouth. Go ahead and send it to a friend this week. Maybe you can talk about um, the discussion today on forgiveness and what to do when you find yourself thinking about the thing that you talked about with your friend last week. So, um, yeah, just keep the conversation going with the While You Were Folding community. We have listeners in all 50 states, states. several countries and it is absolutely crazy i just come down to my basement push record and send it out into the universe but my favorite part is getting to hear from each of you but until next time don't be afraid to begin again and share what you heard while you were folding